Hey there, it's Marshall. And it's Lindsay. Today, we're playing one of our favorite ever episodes for you. It's called The Secret Life of Plants. So this might not seem like the most obvious holiday show, but wait, there's a reason we wanted to share it. One of our favorite holiday traditions is a plant with a secret life. It's the Tio de Nadal, or Christmas log. Often called Cagatio, or the pooping log. Tio is an important part of Christmas in Catalonia, which is the region of Spain where we live in Barcelona. Imagine a normal log or stick with a smiling face and a little red cap. And like sometimes he's got two little feet in front. They prop him up so he can stand and smile at you. (laughs) (laughs) In Barcelona, Tio is much more famous than Santa. You see him everywhere. And in December, the shops are just like full of Tios. And here's the thing. Every single family has their own Tio. So if you're a kid in Catalonia, either your Tio just appears magically in your home or you get to go out and find him in the forest. Then you take him home and you feed him every night. We do this with our Tio. Every night we put out his favorite food, an orange or a banana if we don't have an orange. Then we go to bed and when we wake up, there's just the peel left behind. Lately, if our son has forgotten to feed Tio, which is his job, Tio leaves notes in the morning asking for more food. Once we heard about a Tio who got so hungry because his children weren't feeding him that he ate all the candy out of an advent calendar. That's a very naughty Tio. <laughs> so why do we feed Tio? Because that's how he makes the presents that he poops. Yes, he poops presents. And how do you get him to poop? You put a blanket over him, and you hit him with a stick while you sing a special song. In the song, you tell Tio to poop turrons, which are a nougaty candy and not fish, because fish are too salty. You don't want to get those. But Tio doesn't just poop candy. He can poop literally everything. Toys, iPads, whatever. (laughs) We've had active debates about whether Tio is alive or not, but one thing is for sure is that he cannot be fully explained. By science. (laughs) For sure. So, without further ado, our episode about actual living plants doing a lot more than we give them credit for. Happy holidays from all of us at Tumble. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're talking about what it's like to be a plant. Scientists have discovered that plants can sense more than we think. They can tell when they're in danger, talk with each other, and even listen to the world around them. You might never look at a plant the same way after hearing this, so keep your roots right where they are. Our question today comes from six-year-old Jude. Do plants feel pain? How do we know? Jude started to wonder about this during a car ride. I saw some people out my car window uh, cutting a bush, and I thought, did it hurt or not? So I asked the question. We know plants are alive, but do they feel like we do? Like when you trim their branches, are they like, ah, ah, ooh, ow, 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 ooh, ow, that hurts. <laughs> I gave Jude's question to a very appropriately named plant scientist, Heidi Apple. It's not spelled like the fruit, but (laughs) I've never objected to the confusion. (laughs) 
Luckily, Heidi's pretty comfortable with sorting out confusion, especially when it comes to how plants feel or don't feel. So they don't feel pain in the way that we do, because when we talk about pain, it's a physical sensation and it's also an emotional response to that situation. Okay, but what if I think that a plant looks like kind of sad when it gets all droopy when you don't water it? Well, that doesn't mean that it actually feels sad. Um, I don't think plants have emotions like we do, but they do have uh, sensations of pain when their tissue is damaged. Wait, so plants do have pain when we cut them? Like flowers, trees, grass, everything? I'm never going to mow the lawn again. (laughs) (laughs) How convenient, Marshall. (laughs) I don't like mowing the lawn anyway. Well, we can't say that plants feel pain the way that we do. Senses are the way in which we tell what's happening in the world. And then feelings are what we do about it. So even though plants don't have brains like humans, they know what's happening around them. Plants also have a way of knowing right away that they are attacked. And they do that because they're worried about infection, just like our bodies are. And so they have a really quick, rapid way to send defenses to the site so they don't get infections. Wait, so she's saying when a plant gets cut or attacked by an insect or, like, sick with a disease, it does something about it? I thought they were just, like, passive, like, looks like I'm covered in bugs here. Well, time to just stay here and take it. I thought that, too. But there's a whole secret world of plant defenses and communication going on. When plants are attacked by insects or by diseases, they defend themselves by making more uh, special chemistry. Plants send special chemicals down through their roots and out to their leaves to protect themselves, and they also release chemical signals into the air. Ooh, like what kind of signals? Signals like, ah, this bug is eating me, (laughs) to predators of the bugs. Wow, that's crazy. So plants are like getting on the radio being like, allies, come in, come in, I'm under attack. Yeah, and they also communicate to their plant friends like, hey, buddy, watch out for bugs. So there's a whole kind of world of chemical communication at a level that we can't smell. It's there, but our nose isn't tuned to smell it until we really do damage to plants, like we mow a pasture or our lawn. And then that odor we smell from plants, (laughs) we smell, is actually the plant's alarm calls. (laughs) Geez, that gives a whole new meaning to the smell of freshly cut grass. Yes, but blades of grass aren't actually screaming when you cut them. They're just sensing that they've been cut and reacting appropriately. Okay, but this is crazy. Like, how do we know this isn't just a big campaign to make vegans feel bad? How do scientists actually know that this is true? Well, there's a really interesting story. Well, the people that started this research several decades ago, they ran into situations where the response they were measuring in the plant was different when there was a plant that was undamaged in the same room versus a plant that had already been damaged that was in the same room. The budding plant scientists (laughs) were using a special tool to measure the chemicals released by the plant. Would you say that their research was branching out into new fields? (laughs) So what you have to do is collect the air and pass it through a little trap that will collect the chemistry that's in the air and concentrate it. Then the scientists took that sample of air and put it into another instrument that measures the chemical compounds or volatiles. 
So it's kind of like they could、uh, interpret plant language. Plant language interpreters. And they found out that when they have a damaged plant in the room, it would cause the defenses of nearby undamaged plants to go up. Now that's weird. So nothing's happening. They're not communicating below ground. We're not doing anything to the undamaged plant. And that's where they—that's how they discovered that the damaged one is releasing volatiles, invisible to us, to our eyes, and to our nose, but detected by the undamaged plant. And the undamaged plant knew to make more chemical defenses. Plants are really talking to each other. As a side note, kind of personal note, it was my husband who discovered talking plants, and I have discovered listening plants. It's a family affair. <laughs> listening plants, like plants, can hear us. It's only a matter of time before someone uses that to spy. I'm very suspicious of the philodendron in our corner right now. <laughs> He's wearing headphones and a mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave it? Did we get those headphones? No. <laughs> He just showed up with them one day. <laughs> so, how did Heidi find out about listening plants? That's another interesting plant story. Well, it was one of those、um, kind of aha moments that was a complete accident. So I had recently moved to a new university. I was meeting Rex Cocroft, who was a bioacoustician. That's what you call a scientist who uses sound to study animals. He asked me what I did, and I said, "Oh, I study how plants defend themselves against insects and tell when they're attacked and how they make the appropriate response and how well it works." What do you work on? He says, "Well, I work on how insects use plants to communicate with each other, so they're a passive deliverer of sound." Rex studies how insects play plants like instruments. Drumming on leaves or making other kinds of sounds that other bugs can hear, he'll record their music. Man, you got to check out the new record by the Thorn Bugs. It's so rad. <laughs> the day Heidi met Rex, his recording session hadn't gone so well. He said, "But we had a terrible、uh, time this morning.、Uh, we were making recordings, and there was an insect chewing on the plant, and we couldn't hear anything else." And we looked at each other. Her eyes got wide. We thought, "You don't suppose that the plant uses that chewing information for its own purposes?" In other words, what if the plant used the sound of chewing to prepare to defend itself? So,、ah, so the plant would get clued into an attack by a nearby munching sound, kind of like、uh, rustling in branches and growling for human predators. Exactly. So great minds think alike, but how did they actually find out what was going on? Well, that's where all the hard work comes in, because eureka moments are few and far between. <laughs> Heidi and Rex started working together to create an experiment and test their hypothesis. The first step was to measure the leaf's movement with a cool-sounding instrument called a cold laser. Oh, cool! So as a leaf vibrates. In response to an insect drumming on it or a caterpillar feeding, that laser records what that movement of the leaf is like. And、um, what he can do then is play back a signal to the leaf to make it move just like it did when the caterpillar is feeding, but there's no caterpillar. 
So these signals are actual audio recordings that sound like the chewing caterpillar and make the plant physically vibrate. It sounds like this. We should try playing that for our houseplants and tell them they're at a haunted house. (laughs) (laughs) And when we played that vibration back to the plant and then challenged the plant afterwards with the real caterpillar, the plants that had gotten the vibration treatment made more chemical defenses than the ones that, that just had the silence. The vibration recording was like a warning signal for the plants. So when they faced an actual caterpillar, they were more prepared than the plants that hadn't heard the recordings. And we thought, oh, wow, (laughs) the plant is reacting to just this movement signal. I once read a kind of crazy book about how plants grow better if you play them classical or jazz music. Um, This isn't like that, though. Yeah, plants aren't really classical music fans, and the studies that claim that they are haven't been successfully repeated. And you really need to repeat an experiment many, many times to confirm your results. Right. So Heidi and Rex, being good scientists, modified their study to see if the plants reacted to other movements in the same way. So they're trying to find out if plants just got bothered by any vibration and not just caterpillars. Exactly. They compared the caterpillar vibration to the vibrations of a gentle wind and another insect call but they found plants only upped their defenses in response to the real threat, the menacing chewing. (laughs) It was that chewing rhythm that appears to be the cue that the plants use to tell that this is a real sound, important one that they need to respond to. So she says it's kind of tough to trick a plant. She's also saying that listening plants are the real deal. When we got the results of the second experiment, we were so excited because what it meant is that we had discovered that plants can respond to a sound that's meaningful to them in their environment in a way that is appropriate to the sound, so a chemical defense. But that's not the end of the story. A whole new set of questions has branched out of this discovery. How do plants hear? And what parts of the vibration signal are important to them? What are they cueing in on? That's what she's working on now, and we'll let you know what she finds out. Okay, so it turns out plants can sense a lot more than we thought, even if they don't feel. So what do you think plants might respond to? If you have a garden or house plants, observe what your plants are responding to day after day. Maybe they're bending towards the light, Maybe when you play scary music, they tremble and try to hide. (laughs) Send us your observations, videos, and drawings to tumblepodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear what you find out. Thanks to Heidi Apple, professor of environmental sciences at the University of Toledo in Ohio. Thanks to Jude for asking his questions and his mom for helping out with the recording. Thanks to all of our awesome supporters on Patreon. Alley Dog, who wanted me to give a big how? Hendrix, whose dad makes kids learning tube. Lila Castleman. Charles Lansdell, who told us he can't sleep at night because he listens to our episodes, which Charles, go to bed. 
And lastly, Chloe, who we met in Barcelona and had an awesome play date with. We're gearing up to launch our teacher's store with tons of activities, lessons, and more. If you pledge to Patreon at the $5 level or above, you'll get access to all of it for free with our special Patreon code. Check it out now at sciencepodcastforkids.com slash materials. Sarah Lentz is our editor. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce and write this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all of the music. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.